Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast, When Anxious Kids Grow Up, Where Do They Go? I am your host and your only person speaking on this podcast ever, Natalie Nat, Naturally Ryan. You know I go by all three, and today we are talking about so many things because I have officially finished my gap year. Mm. Um, And so the gap year project, if you guys don't know, or just a little reminder because I haven't been posting regularly, the gap year project was a way for me to earn college credit without actually being in college classes. Um... And to, like, discover more about myself and learn about what major I want to go into for the university that I've been at for a couple of years. Because I've been technically admitted to and a student of this university since I was 15. And now I'm 19, so I've already almost been there four years. But, okay, whatever. Um, and over the course of the four years, reminder, for three of those four years I was in high school. Um, over those four years I've completed, like, 50-something college credits, so almost an associate's degree, uh, and I was also a child, so I stressed myself out a lot. So once the pandemic hit, I had to take a gap year whether I wanted to or not, and I really didn't want to, but I had to. And the beautiful thing about that is that my university opened up a gap year option where I could earn nine credits or like three classes worth of credit over the course of a standard school year, so September to May, which was like really cool for me just because it meant that like... I could do work without being obligated to do any work for classes, and I wouldn't be graded on a letter grade, I would just be given credits. So yeah, it was it was a good time. I finished it up, did my final presentation um, last, yeah, like last week, and it was super cool. Um, and then I kind of just disappeared. Do you know why I disappeared? Because it was my birthday last week too. And because it was my birthday, um, I actually took time off, which is a new concept to me. Wow. (laughs) Did you know that taking time off will make your life, like, more fun and enjoyable and you'll be more relaxed? It's a crazy concept, right? (laughs) Well, um, yes. So that's just a little catch-up of where I'm at. I am now a year older and therefore more of an adult. Um, and yeah. Other than that, I've just kind of been vibing, chilling, doing my thing. Today is Australia Appreciation Day because I have quite a big following in Australia and guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you so much. Oh my god. I think that so so this I don't know if this is like an intentional thing but it's happened like 3 or 4 times now. I need I'm going to start keeping track better. But I will like go to bed one night and you know I'll wake up and my podcast will be at, you know, however many views. And then when I wake up, there's suddenly like 10 or 20 more streams. And I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? And it comes from Australia. And I know this because every single time that it jumps by like a huge margin and not just one or two streams, but like 10 or 20 streams, my viewership like percentage in Australia also jumps by like 2%. So congratulations, Australia. I love you so much. I love you. Oh my God, I love you. Oh God. I love you so much, and I'm so sorry. I was trying to look up cool facts about Australia, and I accidentally started an ASAP science video on Instagram. So, sorry about that. Uh, back to your regularly scheduled shenanigans. Australia's pretty cool. Let's look up some fun Australian facts. Australia facts. Fun fact about Australia that I will tell you. When I was about, I don't know, between the ages of seven and nine, I had an idea that I was going to move to Australia when I was 20. So keep in mind that would be next year, folks. Um, moved to Australia when I was 20, and what I what I would do 
is I would open up a, a wildlife reserve where I would just take in and rehabilitate animals. And I would meet the love of my life while working on this wildlife reserve, and we would just raise animals forever, and he would have a beautiful accent, and he would be very Australian, and he would be blonde, and that was it. That was the idea. That was the whole plan. And if that fell through, I had a bunch of other plans for a bunch of other countries. Because apparently, when I was like seven to nine years old, I was like, well, I'm never gonna find love in America, so I better plan out for every other country I could possibly visit. Uh, the main one, Australia was not the main one. Australia was in the top three. Uh, top three plans for the future. But the first one, the number one, was Italy. Because, fun fact, your girl, me, is part Italian. Ooh, um, and so the plan was to go to Italy, specifically like Rome, I'm pretty sure it was Rome, and what I would do is I'd be like 20, also everything was gonna happen at 20 for some reason, um, and I was gonna go to Rome and I was gonna be walking around the streets, I almost said the streets of Venice, but I literally just established that we were in Rome, okay, we're in Rome, <laughs> walking around the streets at night, you know, a nice red scarf, a, a, a peacoat, a, a beige peacoat. I'm walking around and it's nighttime and it's a warm Italian night and I find this wishing well, this or not a wishing well, not a wishing well, a big, what am I thinking of? A big fountain that people throw coins into and I make a wish on a coin that I throw into the fountain gracefully that I'm gonna find the love of my life and then I turn around and I've got a big bag of stuff because I'm traveling internationally and I am an American and I turn around and I bump it and it's nighttime it's nighttime everyone so it's like beautiful and there's moonlight on the water and I bump in like physically actually run into this Italian boy and you know for like the next two weeks that I'm in Italy you know doing whatever I'm in Italy for I think I, I would be studying a fashion degree if I was in Italy um that is not relevant but anyway, the boy and I, he takes me on a Vespa ride, we vibe, we go to little cafes, we, we talk about books that we like, um, and then through some terrible, terrible mix-up involving his ex-girlfriend, I believe he doesn't love me anymore, and so I run off back to the airport, and as I'm leaving, he stops me at the gate, and then he brings me back, and we are in love. <laughs> and um, if you couldn't tell, when I was between the ages of seven and nine, I had already watched a lot of romantic comedies and set my expectations so un unbelievably high that they would never be achieved. But it's okay, because um, you know, I've coped with that. Am I a little disappointed that I won't have an Italian boy run after me in an airport? You know, like a little, but like, it's fine. I Like, it's fine, like I can live with that. Um, Australia, so Italy was number one. Australia was number two or number three, depending on the day. Like, it was dependent on the moment of when I, of how I was feeling. Because the problem was, is not the Australian boy. No, no, no. <laughs> not the Austra not, not Australia. But it would be the fact that I'd be running a wildlife sanctuary. And I love animals. I love animals so much. But the problem is, is that I cannot bear to see an animal in pain in any capacity. Like, my dog one time had hurt his paw by stepping on some rocks outside. And it, like, wasn't bleeding. It wasn't even bleeding. It was just, like, sore. And I bandaged it, and I put, like, Neosporin on it, and then I made him this weird boot sock out of one of my socks, and then a bunch of bandages to, like, keep it safe. And he would whine when I would touch it, and then I almost burst into tears at any animal... Uh, we've been we've had animals my whole life so i've never had a house without pets in it and anytime a pet has gotten sick or been put to sleep or died i have just been an absolute mess and i'm completely like inconsolable and i'm just heartbroken oh my god and i 
cannot deal with animals in pain. So if I were to have a wildlife sanctuary, I would love it, but I would also be so heartbroken 99% of the time. And that I can't deal with. So it wasn't, Australia wasn't the problem. I wanted to learn how to surf. I wanted to be saving the Great Barrier Reef. I wanted to be, you know, just doing my own thing with this person there. Um, but, but I also wanted to be happy and not crying all the time. So, Australia fact, I can't go there because I will be sad about animals that are hurt. Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to cry about it right now. So, it's 1am when I'm filming this podcast. I just want to let everyone know. It's 1am. So, if I'm a little all over the place, it's because it's 1am. Like, just, just a heads up. <laughs> Uh, it's 1am and it's Australia Appreciation Day and we are about to go. <laughs> and <laughs> um, So the, the other like fake scenario in my head that would probably contend with Australia was Japan. So I've had a weird obsession with, obsession with Japan since I was really, really little. And it's because I watched Inuyasha, an anime, one of the best animes in my opinion, at age four. Um, and that's like, that was fine. Like, I was a kid. I loved it. Um, I loved it so much that I learned the ending song, which was in Japanese, and I would sing it as it would play. Like, I was a weeb from a ripe young age, and I would, I, so, like, I realized from a young age that I could not live in Inuyasha's world. Like, feudal Japan, I couldn't get there, and I was like, well, my demon boy, who I'm in love with, can't get to him, so I will just go to real Japan. And here was the plan for real Japan. So, this, this this idea of love probably predates the Italy and Australia ones by by a couple years. So I'm gonna say I was probably five or six. It'll make sense as to why that's important. Well, when I was five or six, in our house we had a DDR mat. Like, a mat that was supposed to- it was like Dance Dance Revolution, except you didn't need the actual DDR machine, you just needed the mat and the disc and the determination to make it all happen. Um, and I loved DDR. I loved DDR more than I loved existing. My life was based around those arrows on the floor. And so, <laughs> when, when I was this age, I also watched the Teen Titans movie Trouble in Tokyo incessantly. I watched it every time it came on Cartoon Network, and I I loved it. I loved Teen Titans. I wanted I wanted to go to Japan because I was like, wow, that just looks really cool. And remember, I was five or six. I was not very old. And so <laughs> the, um, the idea for Japan was I would be 20. Everything was going to happen when I was 20. I would be 20 and I would uh, go. <laughs> I would get on a plane to Japan and I'd go. And for Japan, if I was going to live in Japan or even visit Japan, I'd be a photographer and that would be my job. It's like, you know, getting paid to take pictures. So I'd be going around, you know, pho photographing things and because I'm an American, and I did know about time zones when I was five or six, uh, I was like, well, if it's nighttime in Japan, and it would be kind of like daytime in America, I would be awake at night. You know, me think having a cognitive thought in kindergarten. So I was like, oh, I'll go to one of those, I don't even know if this is a real thing now that I'm saying it out loud, but <laughs> I would go to a 24-hour arcade or a late-night arcade, and there would be a DDR machine, and I think you can see where this is going. And I'd be playing DDR and just like vibing, dressed cute, vibing. Um, and then the love of my life. <laughs> random, random Japanese guy would come and play DDR with me. And then that like we would just 
we would like get the high score on the machine and we would just be perfectly in sync and you know that's when i'd be like yeah that's my soulmate so like clearly my entire life in my head is a 1980s romantic comedy with an absolute banger of a soundtrack and also things that will never happen in real life so i'm glad um glad that i got to share that with you guys uh <laughs> there you go <laughs> and uh, if anyone in any of those countries listens to my podcast and wants me to, when I'm 20, come and visit you and see if, if we can make one of these romantic comedy things happen, then you know what? Be my guest. Reach out to me. Find me. Write me a letter. <laughs> Send a bottle into the sea. And if it's meant to be, it'll get here. Anyway, <laughs> if you do want to, um, you're great. This is a great, um, great segue into the next thing that I'm going to bring up. If you want to, if you want to watch me record this podcast, you can go follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash naturally Ryan, which is where I will live stream my podcast sometimes. I don't know when, uh, so you should just follow me just so that, that you don't miss it. And then you should also follow me on Instagram at G-N-A-T-T-R. Wait, 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 hang on. I misspelled my own handle. The Instagram is at g-n-a-t-t-e-r-b-u-g that's my that's my instagram <laughs> natterbug it's a it's an old family nickname so it's i have not changed it and it's i've cornered the market so i'm gonna keep it anyway if you want to just you know like know more about me as an individual go ahead go do your thing um yeah So in terms of Australia Appreciation Day, let me give you at least one fun fact about Australia that doesn't involve my own childhood delusions. Not Austria, I want Australia. Fun fact, the band Five Seconds of Summer is from Australia and I love Five Seconds of Summer. And you should go listen to the song Amnesia because it slaps and it's really sad. Australia facts, mind blowing facts about Australia. (laughs) Number one. The first thing, if you type in verbatim, mind-blowing facts about Australia, the first thing to come up, and my Australian audience should, you can clarify if this is true or not, Australia has more kangaroos than people. That seems like a lot. There are over 10,000 beaches in Australia. That makes sense because they are, they, they technically, I mean, if we think about it, they're just a big island, right? Like, it's just, it's, there's water on all sides. It's more than a peninsula. It's just a big, it's just a big island. (laughs) Um, Melbourne, Australia has the largest Greek population outside of Greece. (laughs) People also ask on Google, do you know funny facts about Australia? Oh, this is not a funny fact, but it is a fun fact. The only two mammals in the world that lay eggs are found in Australia, the platypus and the echidna. And Knuckles is an echidna. He is not a hedgehog. And, you know, sometimes... I say sometimes, but this is actually many times. Knuckles the Echidna from the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. Sometimes, if I'm not reading properly, because I'd like everyone to remember, I do have dyslexia. I see E, C, H, and N in any word together, and my mind's like, oh, I can autocomplete that. That's enchilada. And so there have been times where I have misread it. And that's a fun fact. Not about Australia, but about echidnas and enchiladas. So, you know, just do what do what you will with that info. That's for you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, 
let's think about, let's, let's talk more about actual mental health stuff today. So in my line of work, I work for mental health nonprofit and I'm going to be just vague about it. Um, and I'm a youth program coordinator, which just means like I run youth programs. Very, it's very, very self-explanatory. Um, so I like help to run, develop, and actually like, you know, facilitate different youth programs throughout the state of Idaho. And it's all done virtually because it's not safe to be outside because of the pandemic and the death, you know, um, especially for me with my disease. So it's, it's a really great job. And today I started like another job on top of the job, but it's still like the same type of work. And I need to log my work hours because I was going to do that like hours ago and I forgot till 1am. So anyway, it's great work. However, however, I think that something that should be talked about is be slightly, I'm not gonna say closed off, and I'm not gonna say, like, you need to be vulnerable with people when telling your story about your lived experience with mental health. However, big, big fat comma here, however, you also need to be aware of when it is safe and not safe for you to share elements of your story. Example A. Today, like, today I was in a group that I had never been in for the very first time. And this is a group of people who work at a national foundation. I was invited to sit in, invited to be hired. Um, and basically, none of the people in here had ever met me, and the few people that I did know who got me set up with this this uh, opportunity were not there. So great, good, I was just hanging out on my own. And you know, that happens a lot. There's a lot of times where I'll be put into a room of adults and I just have to fend for myself, and it's fine. Like, I've gotten used to it. Especially, like, when I can do a Zoom meeting from my bedroom, it means that, like, you can't see me from the waist down. I'm probably in pajama pants and I probably have like three fidget toys on my leg. Like, it's okay. So I, I've coped. Um, but with that whole situation, I immediately realized these people were not ready, nor did they necessarily want me to talk about my lived experience. I was hired because of lived experience. And what lived experience is in the mental health world is like growing up or having experience actually being mentally ill. Like, being diagnosed with depression, being diagnosed with anxiety, uh, being diagnosed with, you know, ADHD or, or bipolar disorder, like being diagnosed with something and growing up in a system. That's lived experience. And it's super valuable because it means that like people with lived experience actually get listened to kind of big asterisk on that. Uh, we will come back to that. We will talk about that at a later date. Um, but I realized so quickly that if I wasn't cognizant of what I needed to share, I would have been preaching to the wrong, the wrong congregation. So something that I've noticed people with anxiety do, myself included, is we have a tendency to overshare and to try and get everything out all at once to be listened to. There's a big fear of being misunderstood, of not being appreciated, of your words not having any meaning or value. And I know a lot of people with anxiety who will speak very quickly to try and overcome that or they'll try to shove in all this information or they overshare and they don't mean to because they just want people to understand that and this is just a little reminder to like you don't have to do that if you're not comfortable that's fine like 
keep parts of your story to yourself. It's your story. Not everyone needs to know it, especially not right away. So just, just be cognizant of, like, when you're talking to people, like, see what needs to be shared and what can be omitted. So, yes, I just want you guys to think about that, just to ponder, you know, what are you saying? Why are you saying it? And are you actually comfortable with it? Like, are you actually good with letting people know you in that way? And it's sometimes it can be really, really scary because you have to really do like a deep dive into why you're saying what you're saying. And trust me, it's literally not, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable in the slightest. But the moment you're honest with yourself, you'll understand why you want to be honest with others and what you want to be honest and not, not well, not, not, not lie about, but like be more closed off about, be more, you know, reserved about, and that's okay. Please be reserved. Please keep those parts to yourself that you don't want to share because frankly, not like you don't need to put yourself through this constant pain of reliving what you've been through just so that someone can hear it. Sometimes it is important to hear what people have lived through. Sometimes it's important for other people who are going through the worst parts of their mental illnesses to hear stories of others but it should not come at the expense of your own mental health. That's completely counterintuitive. And that is not something that you should be dealing with. So I will be leaving you with that little nugget of wisdom. There, the cats, my cats might be fighting in the hallway. I can't really tell. That's why I'm ending the episode. So I'm just going to wrap this up real quick. Uh, thank you once again for everyone who has listened. Australia Appreciation Day. Love that. We love that. We love Australia. Um, thank you. So anyway, uh, you know, have a good day. Eat some good food. Drink water. Sanitize your hands. And I will see you in the next one. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I almost messed up my own outro. To all of my in-person friends who I have not seen in a really long time, I love and miss you. Trust me, I do. We will see each other eventually sometime. Um, to all of my my internet friends who I have not had a chance to meet in person yet, I love and adore you too, and you're fantastic. And we should talk more, but I am very bad at responding to texts. And then to all of my international viewers, all of the people who I haven't met yet, guess what? You are the raddest person. You're so you're so cool. Do you know why you're so cool? Because you're sitting here listening to me ramble about all the stuff that I've always wanted to talk about. So thank you very much. Um, and you know what? We'll leave it on that happy note. And I will see you all in the next episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>